Greetings, Trinitarians. I'm so glad that you're here. And today we're going to be talking about worldviews and whether or not atheism is a worldview. I don't think I'm going to answer that in quite the way you expect, uh, but we're going to hear from some various atheists and what they have to say about it. And I think you're going to find that there is disagreement. And uh, But I think we can apply some principles of worldview evaluation to this. One of the things that I hope to take away from this is, uh, or that you will take away from this, is that uh, whether you're an atheist, a Christian, or something else, we'll understand better how to analyze our own worldviews and organize them and find where there are problems and things that need to be changed. And so I think this is going to be a beneficial episode for you no matter who you are. Um, you're also going to hear me doing that a lot. And I'm sorry if that's disgusting to you, but there, there's a good reason for it. Right now, I am sick as a dog. But the show must go on. You see how dedicated I am to you that even though I'm sick, uh, I'm willing to do this. The thing is, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm far too lazy to go in and edit out all the times that I do this. So you're just going to have to deal with it as we take a look at worldviews together. And if this episode isn't for you for that very reason, I completely understand because this can get kind of disgusting after a while. All right. So what we're going to do is, um, so why why is this uh, an interesting topic? Is it just kind of clickbait because this is a, a hot button issue among atheists? No, that's not exactly it. I love worldview analysis. There are some great books out there from the Christian perspective, and there are some books out there from an atheistic perspective. In fact, we're going to reference some of those as we go through. One of the books that I'm going to lean heavily on, in fact, is a book that is called The Web of Beliefs by uh, W.V.O. Quine. Is that right? W. Yeah, W.V.O. Quine. And uh, I think that you'll. I think that's going to be a beneficial part of this episode. But the thing about it is, uh, it's it's actually less interesting to me whether or not atheism counts as a worldview, as it is that we have an opportunity to explain how I think that worldview, webs of worldviews, and I understand you may not know what that is yet, we're going to get there, how, how that informs our thinking clearly about matters uh, that have to do with, uh, you know, just worldview in general, but also theism, atheism, Christianity versus other world religions. And I think that it informs it rather well. And in fact, I think there are some of you out there um, who probably rejected Christianity uh, far too quickly. And the reason I say that is not, I, I don't mean temporarily quickly, like you, you decided in a weekend, but I mean uh, you made that decision on the basis of uh, elements that have to do with how you order things in your worldview. And I think you may have gotten some of those out of order. Not all of you, and if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But I hope that it'll be um, helpful to you and, and as we go through this. Uh, but I do want to answer the question of whether or not atheism is a worldview. I know there's a lot of uh, Christian YouTubers and atheist YouTubers who have tackled that subject. Uh, but I don't know if they attacked it quite this way. And I want to be fair about this, but I will just go ahead and tell you, and I hope to show you here in a moment, that when, that, let me just go ahead and put it all out there right now. I, I don't know that it's fair to say the atheist worldview, because worldviews are very personal. That is, we all, when I talk about your worldview, I'm talking about all of the beliefs, all of the data points, things that you affirm, um, that make up what it is that you believe, how you see the world, that impact how you see the world. That's your worldview. And so uh, even two people who have almost identical upbringing, almost identical thoughts on most things, have the same religion and all of those kind of things, they're still going to differ in some way, no matter how small. So to say the Christian worldview or the atheist worldview, I don't think works. Um, it's, it's almost as though, you know, you've got this one set of total beliefs and it doesn't quite work like that. So I do agree 
that it is unfair to say the atheist worldview. Now, I may, you may find me saying the Christian worldview or the atheist worldview occasionally, colloquially, or just when I'm speaking casually, even in one of these videos. And I don't mean to. It's just that I'm so used to talking a certain way. But I grant you that uh, it's not helpful to say the atheist or the Christian worldview or the Muslim worldview or the Hindu worldview. Um, what I do think we can say is a Christian worldview or a unatheist worldview or something like that. Because all we really mean by that is a worldview that includes atheism. And with the, in the context of our discussion right now, if we're talking about God's existence, well, then you have an atheistic perspective on the world, an atheist worldview, whereas I have a theistic and specifically a Christian theistic view of the world. So I have a Christian worldview. Now, you might say, you might, some of you, I think some of you just fell off. That is, your criticism or your uh, disagreement with me may have just fallen away. You might be happy to grant that much. You might be willing to say, yeah, okay, in that sense, yeah, there's an atheistic versus a theistic worldview. Some of you have not. Some of you are still probably holding to that position of, no, 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 that's not good enough because all I'm doing is, this is just one thing I don't believe. Um, so you, you wouldn't say that I have uh, an a-unicorn uh, worldview. Well, frankly, yes, I think I would. If we were talking about unicorns right now, if, if the subject of a discussion was whether or not unicorns exist, perhaps I was at a unicorn-believing conference and someone asked for me my position on that, I might say I am an a-unicornist. Uh, I have an a-unicorn worldview. Um, so, you see, I, I think actually we're being a bit silly about some of those things. I think it's perfectly fine to say an atheistic worldview. But some might still uh, disagree because I might say, but here's the deal, Braxton. The reason that you can't say it's an atheistic worldview or an a-unicorn worldview is because, specifically with something like atheism, the fact that I don't believe in God is just one thing. It's not even a positive claim that I'm making. And so I have all these other views that have absolutely nothing to do with my atheism. It doesn't change my general worldview in any other way except that I no longer believe in God. And I've heard many YouTube commenters say this to me. So, the question is, is that exactly true? Or is it the case that when you stop believing in God or when it is true of you that you are an atheist, even the most minimal understanding of that, that you simply don't believe or you lack a belief in God, does that uh, position, because it is a position, does that position then impact in some major way your worldview, your your web of beliefs, as we're going to get to, such that now we could more rightly say about you that, or we could rightly say about you that you have an atheistic worldview, and that is in some way meaningful. Um, I think so. But if you disagree, you're in. You have a lot of good company. Let's just take a look at some people saying that atheism is not a worldview. According to me, atheism isn't a worldview, and I know this is something you disagree with, Frank, but... I've said this about atheism for ever right, since I was talking about atheism. Yeah. Atheism is not a philosophy. It's... Atheism is nothing. Mm -hmm. So if um, atheism is the view that there are no gods, uh, which it is, then it really is one big negative. It's not in any interesting sense a worldview. Uh, you can consistently hold atheism together with the idea that science tells you virtually nothing about uh, the nature of reality or any view you like about, the about morality or human nature or anything else. So atheism doesn't give you anything that makes you uh, live a meaningful life. But as far as I'm concerned, atheists in general or atheism um, isn't a worldview. I know who proudly wear the badge are active atheists. They're like in your face atheists and they want to change 
policies and... Well, uplifting though this may be, um, it seems to me to be all wrong. Okay, so, so basically you see there, there are a lot of atheists out there who go around saying, it's not a worldview. It's just the lack of a belief. It's just one big negation. It, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, affirm anything. The problem is, and this is where we should get to a little bit of the web of beliefs. By the way, I should go ahead and say um, this is from the Veritas Forum, and you'll notice that the clip that uh, the very scholarly-looking guy who was standing on a stage was talking uh, about this issue, and. Um, <clears throat> His uh, name is Professor Byron, and he is himself an atheist, and he is responding to uh, a statement by Rosenberg, Alex Rosenberg, I think. And I want you to notice what Rosenberg says, because you'll see that not all atheists agree. The philosopher Alex Rosenberg wrote a book a few years ago called The Atheist's Guide to Reality. And at the beginning, he says the following, most people think of atheism as one big negative. Atheists perpetuate the stereotype by devoting so much time and energy to broadcasting the evidence against God's existence. But there's much more to atheism than its knockdown arguments that there is a God, that there is no God. That, sorry, Freud said that. There is the whole rest of the worldview that comes along with atheism. The whole rest. It's a demanding, rigorous, breathtaking grip on reality, one that has been vindicated beyond reasonable doubt. It's called science. Well, uplifting though this may be, it seems to me to be all wrong. So if um, atheism is the view that there are no gods, uh, which it is, then it really is one big negative. It's not in any interesting sense a world view. Uh, you can consistently hold atheism together with the idea that science tells you virtually nothing about uh, the nature of reality or any view you like about the na about morality or human nature or okay so the bottom line is you see here that we have some different views and we're going to see more different views uh, more atheists saying that it kind of is a worldview but in a unique way see it's what he says there at the end i flatly disagree with while it may be true that atheism is a negation of a belief it does bring along with it, once, once your worldview position, once in your worldview there is the position of atheism, then that impacts everything else or a lot of other things anyway. Um, <clears throat> so let me give you an example of, of why that or how we know that that's true. So let's talk about party affiliation in the United States. If you are an atheist, what political party do you think you're most likely to be in? And the fact is, I think that most of you already know, don't you? Interesting that. Why do you already know? Don't you already know? Because it's kind of not necessarily a given, but very, very likely that if you're an atheist, you'll be a part of the Democrat Party. Look at this. 69% uh, of uh, atheists are uh, Democrat or lean Democrat, as opposed to 15% Republican and 17% no lean, because after all, uh, they lack a belief in which political party they should be a part of. I'm just kidding around. So, uh, so, so, okay, there you go. Uh, that's sorry. There you go. Party affiliation among atheists, percent of atheists who identify as, and then uh, we have their 69%. Uh, this is from Pew Research Center. So uh, also, uh, we could go to abortion views, views about abortion among atheists. I mean, this is a big, uh, you know, whatever you think about this, this is a very hot button issue right now in our culture. This is a big deal. And uh, when we look at the views among atheists, 87% 
say it should be legal in all or most cases. 11% think it should be illegal in all or most cases, and 2% don't know. So that's the abortion views among atheists. What about same-sex marriage? What do you think? Are you completely at a loss for what the answer is going to be? Of course you're not. You know the case is going to be that a large number of atheists are strongly in favor of uh, same-sex marriage. Here we have 92%. What about the views on human evolution? What do you think the, the, the chances are that uh, we have a large number of atheists who don't believe in evolution? Well, let's take a look. 91%. Now, this is actually pretty interesting. There is 1% more atheists who believe in uh, same-sex marriage than believe in uh, evolution, but you still have 91%. As opposed to uh, don't know, less than 1%. Um, always existed in present form, 5%. Evolved, don't know how, 1%. Evolved due to God's design, 2%. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Um, uh, but anyway, views about human evolution among atheists. So you see here, uh, what, what do we learn from this? Well, what we learn is that when you have atheism as a part of your worldview. Now, there are Buddhists who are atheists. There are people that are non-natural realists who believe uh, you know, in uh, abstract objects and things that are real. They're not materialists. They're not naturalists. But the kind of atheists that we're typically talking about in these YouTube discussions and uh, in Western culture when we're having these kind of talks, we're, it's, it's often going to be naturalistic atheists, materialist atheists. And we see here that if that's a part of your worldview, if atheism of that sort is a part of your worldview, then it, it, it just seems like you fall in to, uh, and, and notice, it's not like we're talking about, you know, 62% or something. We, most of these are in the 90s. Let's see, 91 on evolution, 92 on same-sex marriage, 87 on abortion, um, okay, 69% on, uh, on party affiliation. But you see, we, we can broadly put you into certain categories, and uh, it's not that it's always going to be true. But that's why, but right there, if you say, well, that's not fair because you're going to run into atheists who don't fall into these certain categories. Well, that's certainly right, isn't it? And there's going to be Christians who don't fit into the neat little boxes that you might have laid out for them. But the fact of the matter is we broadly uh, can can see that, uh, there, that, you know, if you're an atheist, you're going to have an atheistic worldview. And often that atheistic worldview is going to contain these similarities with a large number of other atheists, at least in the United States. Now, so what I hope to express to you is exactly, is exactly what um, Godless Cranium has to say. Listen to what he has to say. My point is that while atheism might only address one question, it can have a widespread influence over all kinds of other beliefs. And as a consequence, our actions. But what do you think? Please let me know in the yeah, so, so the point of this video was to say, I know that I'm going to upset everybody, but here's the deal. If I'm being honest about it, when you're an atheist, it impacts a lot of your other worldview, uh, other beliefs, just like Rosenberg said. Um, so uh, I think the distinction to make is that there is a difference between saying the atheist worldview and unatheist worldview. Now, what's the point of all of this? Well, the point about it is, if you're not willing to take seriously the fact that your atheism makes a huge impact on the rest of your worldview formation, a really big impact on, like we just saw, these social issues and all kinds of other things, then it's it's going to, if you're not willing to take that seriously, then you're going to make mistakes in evaluating your worldview. This actually gives me the opportunity to, uh, to take a look at uh, worldview 
formation and what the web of beliefs is all about. So we're going to do that, but I'm going to look up Pin uh, Gillette. I'm not sure how to spell Gillette. Pin Gillette. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> so we're going to take a look at Pin Gillette and we're going to see uh, how I think he made a huge error in his worldview setup. And I, I think that many of you did too. Uh, again, not all of you, and if it's not you, don't worry about it, but I think that there are a number of people that made the same mistake that Penn Gillette made. So before we get there, we need to talk a little bit about what the Web of Beliefs is. So I've said this a lot on Trinity Radio. If you if you go back, you can look through our past episodes and find dozens probably of episodes now where I talk about the Web of Beliefs. But it's because I think that it's a very helpful tool in understanding worldview. Again, here's the book, The Web of Beliefs by W.V. Quine. You can go check that out. And what basically Quine wants to say is, look, if you imagine a spider web, that's like your worldview. You've got this spider web. And uh, in, a, in a spider web, any, any element on the spider web, if you, if you go through and touch any section of webbing, then that is going to have reverberations and it's going to have some kind of a rhythmic effect on the whole rest of the web. If you tear away part of the spider web, then that's going to cause other, it's got to be replaced by something or it's going to um, uh, affect seriously the integrity of the rest of the web on any part of the, of the web. Now, obviously, the areas that are in the very center are going to be the most important areas to the, you know, to the totality of the web holding together. So that if you pulled out the very center of the spider web, uh, something's got to replace it or else that, the spider comes along real quick and fixes that because if he or she doesn't, um, then the whole web's going to fall apart and, and it's not going to be, it's not going to work. Um, and that's how your worldviews are. So what he's saying is, um, if you if you think of your worldview as a web, as a spider web, each section of webbing is like a particular belief that you hold. And we're not talking about just your religious beliefs. We're not talking about your philosophical beliefs. We're talking about all of those beliefs and and other beliefs. Beliefs about what time of the day is the best day to take out the trash. That's a that's a piece. That's a section in your worldview webbing. So this is all a part of your web of beliefs. And so you need to make sure uh, that that you that you think about that and where you place those in your web because you do get to decide. And by thinking it through and deciding where it should be placed, you can actually avoid some major pitfalls like the one that Pendulette made. So uh, for, let's say you're an atheist, uh, one thing that I would say probably should be right at the very smack center of your web of beliefs would be at the very least your own existence. Um, and frankly, for myself, though not all Christians agree with me about this, I think you, you're, as for Christians, your belief that you exist should also be right at the center of your web of beliefs because uh, most fundamental to your worldview is your own existence. That is, to, And now notice, we're not talking about what's most important. We're not talking about the most important beliefs. Uh, my own existence is not nearly as important as God's existence if God exists, right? However, uh, in terms of my worldview, my existence is pretty important to that because if I found out that I didn't exist, well, then my whole worldview falls apart, right? At a pretty, pretty fundamental level, right? So, uh, so that's pretty important. So that goes right at the center for an atheist and I think probably for a Christian as well. Now, if you're a Christian, then uh, a, you know a little ways out from the center is going to be your belief in God because uh, Christians who take these things seriously understand that um, that's how they make sense of the beginning of the universe. That's how they make sense of the meaning of life, the purpose of life. It's how they make sense of what happens when they die. It's how they make sense of all the big ticket items 
in the world is is because they believe that there is a God. And so God is going to be very integral to the web of beliefs and is going to be very close to the center. And so like in my case, it's almost overlapping my own existence, but it's very, very close to the center. Um, then you go out a little ways from there and you might get Jesus and the resurrection because that the, the belief in the resurrection, uh, because that's the linchpin of Christianity. Now, some of you out there might think that sounds a little bit impious. You might say, well, hold on a second. Uh, the belief in Jesus should actually be close, as close to the center as the belief in uh, God anyway, because after all, we're talking about the Christian God. Well, hold on a second. Again, we're not talking about what's the most important uh, beliefs or the most important facts in the world. We're talking about in terms of the construction of my worldview, my web of beliefs, what ordering is the most important to the integrity of the web. So think about it this way. Uh, if we want to say something like Jesus is divine instead of the resurrection. So you got, um, you know, Jesus is divine. If, if, if you found out that God did not exist, so let's say you put Jesus divinity closer to the center of your web of beliefs than God's existence. So you've got God uh, secondary to Jesus. Now that may seem to make sense to a lot of people because there's a lot of different, you know, th what God exists, theism. That, that alone doesn't get you what you need, right? So you might think that Jesus goes closer to the center and then you have God outside of that. The problem with that is if you tore away the part of the web that had to do with God's existence, that is to say, if I found out that God does not exist, can I still believe that Jesus is God? No, I can't, can I? Because we found out that God doesn't exist. Um, but if you had Jesus, if you had God closer to the center, and then you had Jesus out a little ways from that, if you found out that Jesus wasn't divine or that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, would that mean that God doesn't exist? No, it wouldn't. You could still have God. God might still exist even if Jesus isn't God or didn't rise from the dead. Now, obviously, I believe in the Christian God, and I'm quite confident in it, right? But I'm just saying, uh, in terms of the ordering of the web, and I want to re reaffirm to you again, not in terms of how important these facts are in the world, but to your web of beliefs, that's very important. A little ways out from there might be your belief in um, Scripture, what you think about Scripture, if you're a Christian. You might say, well, you know, the inerrancy of Scripture. I hold to uh, what a, a form of what is called biblical inerrancy. And what I mean by that is that I believe the Bible is without error in all that it intends to teach. So you have, so in my worldview as it relates to my Christianity, and remember, I've got all kinds of other views in here, some that are kind of close to the center also that are not to do with my faith directly, like um, uh, that, that I can pretty well trust my senses or that my logic works. You know, that's pretty darn close to the center, um, more or less. So, so, but in terms of my faith items um, in my worldview, I've got my own existence is important for anything. Then I've got uh, God's existence. Then I've got the resurrection and divinity of Jesus. Then I've got my views on scripture. And then I've got a lot of other things that get less integral to the whole as we move out. All right. Now, um, if someone experiences a paradigm shift, a paradigm shift is the term for in worldview discussions for when someone uh, has a total overhaul in their worldview, uh, especially if it happens in a relatively quick period of time. So um, if someone is an atheist and becomes a Christian, they have immediately experienced a serious paradigm shift a lot of their beliefs change. I mean, think about it. Some of these items that go very close to the center that just aren't even present there in an atheistic worldview uh, are now replaced or now we've added these heavy items that make sense of the world. If you lose those on atheism, you have these other, you know, that's a big piece of your webbing that's missing now and you've got to tie that together somehow. And so that's kind of how the web of beliefs works. And as you get further and further out the web, you might get to things like, 
you know, in terms of faith issues, like uh, what I think about secondary issues of doctrine, um, what I think about um, what time in a church service they ought to baptize people or whatever, you know, the things that are less important to the integrity of the whole. Uh, there's a couple of reasons this is important, and I want to point them out to you. One thing that I think is very important about this is that for many of you, uh, you'll say, well, there's all these different kinds of Christianity. There's all these billions. How do I know which one's right? And blah, blah, blah. Okay, now notice, you're talking about things that are a good ways out from the center of the web of the beliefs. So those aren't important differences. They are important differences. But for example, um, I differ from my Calvinist brothers and sisters. They're still my brothers and sisters, but when we get to that section of the webbing, uh, their web looks a lot different than mine. But does that mean that we don't both agree that God exists, God raised Jesus from the dead, and the Bible is inerrant? No, we, we believe those things. We just differ out here. And we might differ in different places, but so long as this is the importance and the strength of saying instead of the Christian worldview, it's a Christian worldview. And when it comes to atheism, those differences exist as well. So that's where it's important instead of saying the atheist worldview as though there's only one, we say a Christian worldview because, I'm sorry, an, a, an atheist worldview, because there may be differences in that worldview, but it's still more or less atheist, and there's still going to be certain things that you're going to agree about. I mean, after all, think about it. We already saw that the vast majority of atheists in the United States affirm evolution, right? So uh, it's going to change your beliefs on that from what some people, and there are Christians that believe in evolution too, but you understand what I mean. Um, it's going to change. Think about it. When I want to find out what someone's worldview is, if, if I don't trust to go by labels, which I never do, I always ask them, well, how do you answer the major questions of life? And by those, I mean, how did we get here? What, like, how did humanity get here? What's the meaning of life if there is one? What happens when we die? Most of the atheists that I talk to, how did we get here? Uh, ultimately, we don't know, but at some point we had the Great Expansion or Big Bang and uh, matter coalesced into stars, and uh, ultimately we had solar systems, and then somehow um, abiogenesis occurred, and then evolution took hold, and here we are. Uh, as for what's the meaning of life, well, there just really isn't one in any ultimate sense, but you can make one up for yourself, and uh, so that's, that's the answer to that. And then the third one, what happens when we die? Well, we die, and that's it. Um, more or less, right? So uh, that's those answering those three questions tells me a lot about somebody's worldview. And the same goes for Mormonism, Islam, Judaism, Christianity. If you, however, you answer those three questions, well, think about the web of beliefs. The web of beliefs. If if you take out God and and now you have atheism as your position, it changes those most important questions or most fundamental questions in worldview analysis. It changes now. Um, how do we get here? It changes the answer because now God didn't create the universe. Now it happened in the way I just described on an atheist model. It changes the meaning of life because now you're not looking for some celestial being to give you the meaning of life or in whom your meaning is, is based. And it changes what happens when we die because now there probably isn't an afterlife, right? So you see, atheism impacts a lot of other things. Now, so I think I've established now at the very least that we shouldn't say the Christian worldview and we shouldn't say an atheist or the atheist worldview, but we should say a Christian worldview or an atheist worldview. But I want to show you one last thing. And I think this last thing is pretty important because it, what I'm going to illustrate to you now is what happens if you get the issues in your worldview webbing out of order and how you can make major, major mistakes. And this is where Penn Jillette comes in. So I'm going to li let's listen to Penn Jillette explain how he left Christianity and became an atheist. 
in my church group in, um, in uh, Greenfield, Massachusetts, at the age of about 16 or 17, I had made a deal with my mom and dad. I was very, very close to my mom and dad. I'm a real mama's boy and uh, got along with them my whole life, hardly even rough periods. And they went to the Congregationalist Church, the Church of the Covered Dish Supper in uh, Greenfield, Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts is an old enough state that you could not charter a town without having a Congregationalist Church. And this was the first one in our town, I mean, from back 200 years ago. And um, I uh, made a deal with my mom and dad that I wouldn't have to go to church services uh, Sunday morning if I went to youth group Sunday night. So we had a uh, pastor, that minister uh, at that, mi at that um, church that was uh, fairly hip. You know, he's trying to deal with the, with the children, play a Jim Morrison song once in a while, you know, play the Beatles uh, far out. And uh, he sincerely uh, wanted us to, uh, to do some inquiry into uh, theological questions. And I took it very seriously. I may have been the only one in the youth group that did take it seriously. And I read the Bible cover to cover. And I think that anyone who is thinking about maybe being an atheist, uh, if you read the Bible or the Koran or the Torah uh, cover to cover, I believe you will emerge from that as an atheist. Uh, I mean, you can read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. You can read uh, God is Not Great by Hitchens. But the Bible itself will turn you atheist faster than anything. Okay, so uh, I've linked this in the description, so you can go check out the whole video if you want to, and you'll find that what I'm telling you is the case, unless I horribly missed something. But uh, what happened was, Pendulette was raised in a Christian family, very close to his family. But uh, as he began to read the Bible, uh, he read the Bible and he said, I, I just can't believe in God anymore. Now, do you see a problem there? Given what we've said about worldview formation, do you see a problem there? I see, I see a couple of problems. Uh, but let's start with something a bit simpler. So he says, or if you read the Quran, you'll understand that there's not a God. Wait a minute. If I read the Bible, and let's say I find some things objectionable about it or contradictions or things like that, I should conclude there is no God? And as a Christian, you're telling me if I read the Quran, or you're telling a Muslim if they read the Christian Bible, they would come to believe there is no God? Um, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, right? As a Christian, if I read the Quran and came away believing this was a bunch of nonsense, I would still believe in God. In fact, that would, if anything, affirm what I believe, right? Now, it wouldn't go the other way for a Muslim, because if a Muslim read the Christian Bible, um, he couldn't come to the decision that all of it was ultimately bunk, right? Uh, because uh, the Quran actually affirms uh, the Old and New Testament of the Bible, even though uh, Christians and Jews may have monkeyed with it, right? But the thing about it is, uh, what you have here is a, a, a deeper problem than that. We'll grant him that. Maybe he just misspoke. Who knows? But if in your worldview, in, in Pen, what Pendulette is communicating to me is that in his web of beliefs, he actually had the, the belief in the inerrancy of Scripture closer to the center of his web of beliefs. Then listen now, picture this on your spider web. The belief in scripture was closer to the center of his web of beliefs than God's existence or the resurrection of Jesus. 
so that if scripture went, which I don't think it does go, obviously, I, I'm happy to defend. There are Christians and there are Christian apologists who um, will say, will handle Old Testament stuff that like, you know, Joshua type stuff uh, differently than I do. The slaughter of the Canaanites, you know, those kind of passages, slavery issues, they'll, they'll try to handle those differently. And, and they're wrong, but that's okay. Um, the way I handle it, <laughs> I'm just being snarky, calm down. But the way I handle it is to take it all at face value and just uh, explain how rightly understood with God's love, mercy, and justice all in play, we just don't have a problem there. And I'm happy to defend it because, and I have done, because there just isn't a problem unless you want there to be a problem. But I understand how on first reading it can look pretty bad. I get that. But um, if you're willing to follow it through with those things in mind, I think it comes out okay. But let's just grant him that, uh, that uh, I don't grant him this, but for the purposes of argument here, let's just grant him that, okay, we found out there were some problems with the Bible. We found out the Bible had contradictions. We found out that there was some evil stuff in the Bible, whatever you want to do. Okay. And you tear away that part of the web. If that web, if, if the inerrancy of scripture was further out in the web than the belief in the resurrection or God, then you would still believe you'd still be a Christian. Right? Because if the Bible had a flaw in it, you know, I hear preachers sometimes say, and and they shouldn't, I've heard preachers say, if there's one thing in the Bible that's wrong, it's all wrong. Is that true? No, that's just logically false. It's not true that if there's one error in a book, then the entirety of the book is wrong. Um, You could have an error in the math book, and yet in general, that math book is correct. You could have an error in a history book, and in general, you see what I'm saying? So it doesn't even follow that if there's one thing wrong in the Bible, or a lot of things wrong in the Bible, that the central claims of the Bible are false, right? So if, if you lost inerrancy, if you lost your trust in the Bible or your belief in what the Bible, a lot of the details of what it says, or particular stories in the Old Testament, or whatever you want to do, then you would you there would be no reason to reject the belief in the historical resurrection of Jesus or in Jesus divinity or in God's existence surely not God's existence if you found out that Christianity was false you shouldn't stop believing that God exists now obviously I believe all those things that God exists that Jesus is raised from the dead that the Bible is an error I'm just saying that how you place these things in your worldview has ramifications so what Pendulette did was he put the belief in the in the inerrancy of Scripture closer to the center of his web of beliefs than God's existence and then the resurrection so that when it came away all of it came away and that is a major worldview mistake and it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense it's logically not correct so. That's why worldview issues and understanding how to do worldview analysis and, uh, again, Quine's web of beliefs is so important for us to understand. So if you're out there and you say that you became an atheist because you read the Bible, as I often hear, want to make an atheist, have people to read the Bible and they'll become atheists. Well, only if they're not very clear thinkers, because even if they found, which I don't grant, but even if they found that the Bible wasn't, uh, you know, had errors in it or was had some evil stuff in it or whatever else you want to say, it wouldn't mean that Christianity was false. It wouldn't even mean that Christianity was false, and it certainly wouldn't mean that God doesn't exist. Um, so these are important things to think about. So to the takeaways from this shorter than usual video is this, that number one, um, uh, I think it is fair to talk about atheist worldviews. 
just not the atheist worldview. And it's fair to talk about Christian worldviews, just not the Christian worldviews. The reason for that is because as individuals, we all have differences in our worldviews. Even my wife and I have differences in our worldviews. And uh, no matter how close you are with someone else, there are going to be differences. And so uh, I have a Christian worldview and my wife has a Christian worldview and they're overwhelmingly similar, but there are some differences in our Christian worldview. Um, it's fair to talk about an atheist worldview because while atheists may differ and, uh, and all the rest, they do tend to have certain things in common, as we saw with uh, their views on various issues that are very important issues. They do have a lot of things in common because of, it seems, because of their atheism. Oh, by the way, you might say, oh, but that's correlation, not causation. All that shows is that people that happen to be atheists happen to have these things in common. It doesn't show that the atheism caused that belief. That's fine, but for worldview analysis, that doesn't matter. That, that would be important in some other discussion, but in terms of worldview analysis, it doesn't matter. All that matters is the correlation, that there are people, that, that when you find people who are atheists, you tend to find people holding these kinds of views. So it's fair to talk about atheistic worldviews because your atheism is going to bring along with it a lot of other baggage and those other, ba it's amazing how much a lack of belief in something impacts the web. And uh, the things that it impacts are big ticket items. Um, so there you go. I hope that that's helpful to you. And um, I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.